0: Welcome into the McCrary Broadcasting Podcast as we are breaking into week one of college football and excited to have Barkley Miller, former Kennesaw State football player, joining us this week as well as we interview James Miller, who is the head coach of Reinhardt, who is the first a game for Kennesaw State Thursday night at 8 p.m. That'll be on ESPN plus or you can tune in to me uh, Jordan Griffith and Brandon Sutton on the new Kennesaw State mobile app and listen to the broadcast. I'm excited to be doing play-by-play for the home games for Kennesaw State this season on the radio and we hope you tune in but uh, before we do before we get into the the uh, the broadcast, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to the McCrary Broadcasting Podcast. I've had some great feedback on the episodes, and we're going to get back into uh, interviewing some players. Uh, some well, some players. We're going to get back into interviewing some broadcasters from the Metro Atlanta area and kind of get to know their story. And I think that's a good thing to get that out there for young broadcasters who want to know how to break into the business and maybe navigate the the arena that is. Uh, broadcasting and hopefully avoid some of the flaws and mistakes that I made and that is these, these other broadcasters made as we started our broadcasting career. But I'm excited now to be joined by former Kennesaw State defensive player Barkley Miller to preview week one between the Kennesaw State Owls and the Reinhardt Eagles. And Barkley, before we get into the game, it is game week. It's the very first one. And I know it's a little bit different because the spring season – uh, for the football team, but just what's the player? What are the? What's it like to be a player right now? To uh, be preparing for this first game? It's a Thursday night game, and and uh, exciting time for everybody.
1: Yeah. So first off, it being a Thursday night game is super exciting. um Don't get wrong, playing on Saturday is great. It's a fun time, but I feel like you're always excited to see the crowd turn out on a Thursday night game. um There's no excuse for students not to come. There's no excuse for fans not to show up. I mean. You have work the next morning, but I mean, how many people watch Super Bowl and Super Bowl Sunday? You know that nobody really cares about work when football's on. So that's always super exciting, and it's finally payday. You know, I mean, all this hard work that the guys have been doing through camp and practice and just grinding it out—it's finally time for them to cash in what they've been working for, man. And, and that's to be able to hit somebody else, be able to play against a a good opponent this time in Reinhardt and you know, finally see what you're made of a little bit this year, see what we were working with.
0: So how do you feel like Kennesaw state, by the way, Reinhardt also played a spring season, but how do you think Kennesaw state specifically has uh, managed the coming off of a spring season ending in, I think it was April was their final game. And now right back at it, uh, this, this hot, hot summer. How do you think they've managed that, that change?
1: You know, I think they managed it the only way that Coach Bohannon knows how to manage it, and that's to still just go full force uh, into camp and have a full camp. And the only thing that I think was a little different from what I heard is that summer workouts were a little bit shortened and a little bit more, um, you know, rebuilding some of these guys because, uh, like you just said, man, playing a spring season, that's tough on the body, and then turning around – however many months later, bam, playing a fall season. that That's going to be tough on the guys. It's going to be really telling this year. I think personally, we're going to see a lot more injuries in college football this year, just from the wear and tear on some of these guys' bodies. Um, so that gives us a lot of opportunities for the depth to show, you know, and for some guys to step up and make some plays.
0: Yeah. And I think, some of the some of the kind of naysayers of the spring season was it's so many games in a short amount of time. And Reinhardt, who made a long, a deep run into the playoffs and the NAIA playoffs, they're likely going to be playing somewhere around 21 or 22 games or more in eight months.
1: Man, I mean, that, that's that's a lot. And that's tough on anybody um I know Reinhardt just like Kennesaw is gonna have a new cast it's almost like a new team which is weird because a lot of people were expecting it to almost be a a rollover with the NCAA ruling to you know let these guys stay on an extra year it was like a free year of eligibility last year but a lot of guys did choose to leave transfer graduate go on with their adult life etc as did Reinhardt looking at their roster so you know that's going to help a little bit with the wear and tear because a lot of these guys, well, not a lot of them, but some of these guys uh, didn't see a lot of PT last spring. But it's almost like, and tell me if I'm wrong, Nathan, but I feel like last season, the spring season was just kind of like a rehearsal, man. This is the real deal again in the fall. Um, This is what matters. This is what everybody was looking for. Uh, the The spring season was kind of a blur and with all the, the bumps and the things that everybody had to get used to with the COVID protocol, it was like a dress rehearsal.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's almost like having Kennesaw state played five games there in the spring. It's almost like having five spring game, like, you know, scrimmage games almost. It just didn't, it just didn't feel like, you know, fans weren't there. Uh, There were some, but it wasn't, Uh, you know a packed house it wasn't thousands of fans it was more like hundreds of fans and i'll be honest with you all of the spring football those first three or four games seemed like the players just weren't in it you know what i'm saying there just wasn't that pageantry it just what i don't know it was weird
1: yeah and and, you know it's it's tough to say that especially about your own alma mater but it's true you know uh The passion was not there. I mean, it it was – and I don't think it was the guys, man. I think a lot of it was what they were having to go through in order to even play these five spring games. And I think they felt like it was kind of like a – you know, like having five spring scrimmages. It was the atmosphere. It was just the overall, you know, how everybody felt about the spring season – you didn't even know if you were going to go if – you, if you were going to play that team or that game on right. um, Thursday night. I mean, shoot, wait, the Gardner-Web game got canceled, I think, on Thursday or Friday night. Mm-hmm. And they shoveled I mean, the schedule around. It, yeah, I mean, that, that that's so tough, Nathan. I, I couldn't imagine trying to go through a season like that, much less with everything else going on. It, and I think that lended it – a lot to why it was the way it was. And not only that, like the coaches and the guys have spoke about in multiple podcasts and multiple interviews, the fact that they weren't around each other, man. I mean, it's it's like they were all split off, position groups met separately. You didn't have the team bonding stuff. The only time they saw each other was at practice mm-hmm. and then on Saturdays. So that, that's pretty crazy. I couldn't imagine trying to play a season like that either. Well,
0: after the spring Season, what what stands out to you that Kennesaw State has got to improve on? What areas are you are you looking at and going? All right, we're gonna we're gonna have to measure uh, how improved this team is here in this fall.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna take one from each side, right? All right. On the offensive side, they have got to get better at the quarterback position. Uh, the consistency from both Tommy and Murph just was not there. Um, Whenever Tommy was in, it's like the offense ran, but it didn't run well. It was almost like a car missing a cylinder, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then whenever Murph was in, everything was just disjumbled. It was almost like a Murph keep every play, which, yeah, Murph is this dynamic, super next-level speed player. I mean, he could be great, man, and I think he's going to be great. But he just hasn't had enough time in that offense, and I think – them cutting out the spring, I think them just jumping in that spring season and the way they were having to go about practice, film, study everything else didn't help either. And then Tommy, I I, I could be wrong, but just watching him play, that wasn't the same Tommy Bryan. I think he's playing on one leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens a lot of times with fifth-year quarterbacks in the triple option. You know, you get beat up for five years. It, you see it constantly in the next level at Army and Navy, and even at lawford uh, I mean, it it happens a lot whenever guys get older. They're just your body can only take so much. I mean, a triple option quarterback takes a lot. Um, so that's where I think we have to improve on offense is just the overall quarterback play, the consistency, getting the, the ball rolling, because that's such a momentum-based offense. Mm-hmm. If you don't get started early, it's hard to get started after that. Um, and then on defense, I think in the secondary they have to improve. The D-line looked great last year. Linebacker, linebacker play looked amazing last year, in my opinion. They're flying around making some plays. The The secondary, which there were a lot of injuries, um, is where I think they need to improve. And I think they're going to, you know. I mean, Cole Oden consistently starting. He He's a very consistent guy. He doesn't have those super highs and super lows. He's just a really solid player. Um, but we got a bunch of new guys. I mean, Ja'Cory Burks being back is huge because he he's been a baller since he stepped on the field. But a lot of these guys have to step up, you know. Um, Cade Loden is one that could step up. Javon Singletary, Dante Justice. I and mean, there's a few guys that, that could step up, make plays, and make the difference in the secondary.
0: Well, let me go back to quarterbacks real quick because it's the field general, right? So Tommy Bryant is is not with the team. So you're going to be looking at um, Xavier Shepard and Jonathan Murphy as your your. Quarterbacks right now, we don't know who's won that starting job, and you probably will see both of them anyway versus Reinhardt. Um, yep. The start, I, I think most people are going to be looking at Jonathan Murphy is probably your, your starter, but within uh, usually within three offensive series, you'll get a chance to see Xavier Shepard in at quarterback. Um, they're, they're both very similar, six foot tall, around 200 pounds. Um, and I think you're right. The, the growth of both of those players, because they run the offense differently. And and I've heard the offensive coaches say Xavier Shepard had a better grasp of the offense, but Jonathan Murphy was just more athletically talented. So you've got a different dynamic there. Um, just your thoughts on Xavier Shepard real quick,
1: man, X, so, I was so impressed last year whenever X stepped up and ran the offense on short notice whenever both Tommy and Murph were out. And I don't know about you, Nathan, it almost looked like Chandler Burks was back in there, man. It (laughs) was pretty – I mean, not to that level. I don't know if anybody's ever going to be that level again. But it was very impressive, especially from a true freshman, to step in and run the offense the way he did. I mean, he got it out to the pitch, man. He gave it to Kyle Glover and let him work when he needed to, and he and he did a good job of deciding when to keep him pitching. Um, and the guys seemed to really rally around him as well. But kind of like you said, uh, Murph is just such a dynamic athlete. I mean, that kid, he's got he's got burners. Uh, he gets into open space into the second level and nobody's catching him. Right. And X doesn't have that. A- X is more of a pick your poison where he's going to hit you and hurt you. And he's going to pick up four or five yards, you know, carry. He's more of that type of guy, which there's nothing wrong with in the triple option. So it is, it's going to be interesting to see these two different quarterbacks in this offense this year.
0: Well, um, let's kind of look at Reinhardt just a little bit. They are an NAIA program out of Willeska, Georgia. They were uh, played for their national championship in 2017. The year their head coach is James Miller at, uh oh! Can you hear me? Okay. Oh yeah. Right. All right. Their yeah, head okay. coach is James Miller, and he took over, he started as an offensive line coach in 2014. Took over as head coach in 2017, his first season when they went to the championship, and since then, 38 and nine record under James Miller. His offensive coordinator is Fred Jones, a player uh, or coach that came with Miller from. Clark Atlanta and their defensive coordinator. I'm really fascinated because I loved watching this dude play was Greg blue. I don't know if you remember Greg blue for UGA ferocious tackler, all American played in uh, in the NFL. So I think he's got some good pieces in, in the coaching staff around him. Um, and, but they played two couple years ago, Kennesaw state uh, did win that game 31 to seven or something like that. That So, yeah. So just kind of what's your, what do you know about the Reinhardt Eagles?
1: So, what I know about the Reinhardt Eagles, uh, first off, we're not going to take anything away from these guys. They're very talented. You don't mm-hmm. make it to the quarters of semis in the quarters three years in a row in the NAIA playoffs and not be a good football team. I know that they have a quarterback that is very talented in the Billy Hall. I mean, that kid, he can sling it. He slung it against Kennesaw. He had – I stand corrected but i think he had like over 200 200 250 passing yards against Kennesaw. i know he had a rushing touchdown Mm -hmm. um he can move you know he's very athletic he he does what he can he's definitely an improviser in that offense i know they have a uh they have a running back what's his name the transferred from mississippi uh, Mississippi state State. yeah Yeah, Devin. Devin collins yeah um, so, I mean, and he's just a redshirt sophomore. I, I think that could be dangerous. You know, obviously he's very talented. I know he's a three-star kid coming out of high school in Georgia. Um, so, they definitely have some pieces. I know the left side of the offensive line is very senior. It's all seniors and juniors all the way up to the center. But then they're starting two true freshmen at guard, right guard and right tackle. That's, that's a little tough uh, for anybody. And then going to play – a team two divisions higher than you. I mean, that, that's going to be a big struggle for them. And then on defense, you know, they ran – they run the very similar attacking four two five as us in a normal game. Um, I'm pretty sure they ran a 50 front against us whenever they played us two years ago in 2019. Um, and that's going to be interesting to see how they adjust. Um, I assume – They're going to do what everybody does and adopt the Monmouth mentality and run that defense against us with a bunch of slants and a bunch of blitzing linebackers. So I think it's going to be a really good test to see what kind of team Kennesaw State's working with this year, Nathan. Um, You know, I mean, it's not going to be the same team we saw in the spring. Um, And I'm kind of happy, you know, a lot of times you open up games against quote-unquote cupcake opponents, and that's not what we're looking at here with the Reinhardt Eagles.
0: Yeah, ranked eighth in the nation in NAIA, they're picked to finish first, atop of the Appalachian Division in the Mid South Conference. Uh, they, again, they went nine and one in the spring. They did play as, that spring season and went into the playoffs. So it will definitely be interesting. And you know, at the NAIA level, you you tend to have those players come and go. Um, lots of walk ons from maybe Division One uh, programs that didn't didn't make it out, and that's kind of what Devin Collins' story is. He wanted to go play at the big school, went to Mississippi State. Um, after walking on, just didn't enjoy the experience, came to Reinhardt. So they've got a big kid there. He carried the ball 57 times for 282 yards and four touchdowns in the spring. But I think it comes back to um, I guess that spring season. Now you've got had that grind through the summer and just getting ready to play. And, you know, Kennesaw State, unfortunately, has had a little bit of a – a uh, slow starting mentality for some reason in in these early games and and then at halftime they just unleash so I think Kennesaw State's gonna have to start quick because the fans are just salivating for this football team to get back on the field you don't want a 7 to 10 lead at halftime or even a trailing 7 to 10 to Reinhardt that will get the that will make the uh, the natives restless
1: yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, and it, it would kind of remind me of my senior year in twenty eighteen. We had a lot of trouble against an NAI team, um at North Greenville. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure we had to have a touchdown winning drive at the end of the game to win that game. Yeah. Um, On fourth matter of fact, I, right, think I went mean, fourth. And that, and that was a I mean, you know, and that was a team, the twenty eighteen Kennesaw State football team the a team that made it the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs and beat Jacksonville State. I mean, that was a very talented team. We just, like you said, slow starting. Um, and that has kind of been the mantra for whatever reason around this Kennesaw State football team early in the year. Um, I am, though. I'm with you. I'm hoping that they come out and put it away early. Uh, then we can see some, some younger guys. You know, it's going to be good to get these guys reps, too. There's so many new faces on this Kennesaw State football team that are going to get starting reps. So, no, I, I agree. I, I hope that they're not going to have that slow start. And I think a lot of that starts with what I was saying earlier at the quarterback position, Nathan.
0: Do you feel like the Georgia tech game, which is looming in the on deck circle, could this Reinhardt game be a trap game where, where everyone's looking at that Georgia tech tank, team.
1: Easily. It's kind of has the, it has all of the aspects to be a trap game too, Nathan with, I mean, you're playing Georgia Tech, which is exciting. You know, they're in state. Um, That's a team that a lot of these kids, I'm sure, would have jumped at the chance to go play for and just got overlooked Mm -hmm. by Georgia Tech. Or some of them may have even picked to come to Kennesaw instead and compete um, for championships, which is great. But whenever you're playing a school that is FBS and just bigger and has been around for so long, like Georgia Tech, all these guys, you know, they want to go in Bobby Dodd and beat them. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Um, and like I said, it has all the mixings to be a trap game. You're playing a team from a lower level division, but is so talented um, in in Reinhardt. And that that is definitely a perfect storm. And the first game of the season, just to wrap it up, that's, that's tough. I mean, that's how App State beat Michigan all those years ago.
0: Yeah, the only other storyline we haven't really touched on was Isaiah Blake, the running back for Reinhardt. Went to Reinhardt, transferred to Kennesaw State, and then transferred back to Reinhardt. So um, just a story. He may he may have a little uh, uh, a little extra motivation, let's say, as they uh, enter week number one. But I think it's going to be a spirited contest, no matter what. I really hope the student body, and the and the fans show up because we're all desperate. Uh, you're going to be doing the television. I'm doing the radio broadcast. So um, man, I'm fired up. It's game week, yeah. Barkley.
1: Yeah, no, me too, man. Hey, it, I'm so excited it's finally here. It was nice to even watch some college football this past weekend, you know? I mean, I know everybody had their eyes glued to the TV, and it wasn't really any good games to watch, but it was something. Um, and I think that's how a lot of people feel about this. I agree. I, I hope the student body comes out and shows out um, for this Thursday night home opener. I'm very excited to be doing my first TV game. Do you have any advice for me, you have been in the TV booth before, Nathan? You know what?
0: Just let the game breathe. Let the game play itself. the 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 biggest difference about radio and television is you people are are seeing what is happening, so you don't have to be so meticulous on uh, on everything that you see. Just hit those highlights. And the good thing about radio is you can actually be a little bit behind the play because no one's seeing what you can see, so you can kind of gather your thoughts. in In uh, television, it is happening right there, so you kind of got to get your thoughts together and as it's happening, especially as a color analyst, it's a little bit different because you're, you're watching replays, but uh, you know, you're a smart, you're, you did a great job last year. You're going to do great bringing that insight to, uh, the fans that, that don't know the ins and outs of football because I don't care how long you've been watching football. If you never played at the collegiate level or coached at the collegiate level, you, have, you don't have that knowledge. And since you have that knowledge, man, use it. That, that's exactly what you're there for. And uh, just have fun. Be yourself. Barkley Miller's a great dude. And that will come through on TV if you're just trying to be yourself. If you're trying to be somebody else, it doesn't connect you know, and that's always my best advice to any broadcasters is just be yourself. Um, we'll all, we always have that, that radio voice when we get on, on you know, behind a microphone, but, uh, and that's okay, but just be yourself. Let your personality come out, and you'll have, you'll have fun. Nolan Alexander will be your play-by-play guy, and Brandon Sutton's going to be in the booth with me. I've never called a game with him, so uh, new for all of us, and I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, man. Hey, look, I appreciate that, Nathan. I really do. Um, And I appreciate you telling me that I did good last year. I I definitely, you know, I love this. This is a lot of fun. Um, Everybody told me that they're like, Oh, look, man, that is something that it's not a lot of people even get the chance to do. So I I want to make the most of it. And I had a blast. I'm so excited to be on again this year and be working with you guys again. It's, it's going to be a good time. And I think we're going to have some good, some good calls, man. You're going to have fun with Brandon. Brandon's a great guy, too, and he's he's a lot of fun.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to it. He is Barkley Miller. I'm Nathan McCrary, and that is the wrap for the week number one. We're here. It's Kennesaw State and Reinhardt Eagles. We'll have a recap and maybe preview Georgia Tech next week. Barkley, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Nathan. All right, Barkley Miller, everybody. When we return, we will have the head coach of the Reinhardt Eagles, James Miller, here on the McCrary Broadcasting Podcast. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance, reminding you that when you adopt a shelter pet, you discover all the things that make them unique. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Welcome back to the McCrary Broadcasting Podcast. And I'm really excited to be joined by the head football coach of the Reinhardt Eagles, James Miller. Coach, thanks for joining me this afternoon.
2: Really appreciate you guys having us. Thank you. Well,
0: I tell you what, my dad is a Hokie. He graduated from Virginia Tech in 1966. So he's going to be thrilled that I get a chance to talk to a, uh, to a fellow Hokie. Are you from the area?
2: No, sir. I was born in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And, uh, that was uh, one of my couple scholarship offers. I went up there and fell in love with the mountains. I knew I didn't want to live in a city and, and went ahead and, and jumped, jumped in there when Beamer put the pressure on me. <laughs> and uh, it was a great decision. It was a great place to go to school.
0: Well, my dad actually grew up with Frank Beamer. Played, uh, he, they played tackle football in the cow fields up there in, in, uh, oh, yeah. in uh, Hillsville, Virginia. So uh, it's a neat link, and it's uh, just kind of looking at your career. Um, started at a high school level, moved into uh, collegiate football. Now a tremendous success story here at Reinhardt. Just kind of talk about your, your time there at Reinhardt. Started in 2014.
2: Yes, sir. I was at a school called Clark Atlanta University. Um, and was just kind of looking around. Didn't really do a whole lot of job searching, but uh, my former boss, when I was a graduate assistant at Virginia Tech, named Kirk Newsom, called me and said there was an offensive line job open at Reinhardt, and I didn't even know it was never heard of it. And uh, he said it's right there in Georgia, and I said, well, that's perfect. I mean, uh, he knew the offense coordinator, which was Drew Chronic. Danny Chronic, who was the first head coach's uh, son, um, so I I drove up there, uh, interviewed, um, did a pretty good job in the interview. I, I ended up getting the job. Me and Coach Chronic, barbecue restaurant in Marietta, offered me the job. I came up in 2014. It was the second year of the program, um, and we we had some success. We went six and four in our second year, um, and then uh, Coach Chronic. Uh, Danny chronic decided to retire and, and drew took over and, and it, and it, you know, kind of launched us into a new spectrum and uh, he was a great that both of them were great, great people to work for. They always put family first. Um, I was very blessed to be in that environment with them. And then uh, Drew decided to take the job at Furman as the offense coordinator. And, I didn't know what to do. I never thought about being a head coach ever. I just wanted to be a O-line coach and coach the fat guys every day. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my wife and you might want to go after it because if somebody else gets hired, who knows what's going to happen. So I decided to go after it and, uh, you know, I, uh, ended up getting the job and, and I've been very blessed. I've been blessed with great coaches, uh, Great AD to work for in Bill Pop, a great assistant AD in Jeff K And uh, at a great university, uh, a place that we feel like is a, is a little gym in Georgia. And, you know, to be honest with you, not many people know about. It's a great place where kids get an education and graduate with a degree and, and play great football. And we've been successful. It's, it's a we've got a lot of guys from this state, mostly from this state. And uh, we take a lot of pride in recruiting the state and, you uh, you know, we we uh, we try to do a really good job.
0: So you played a spring season in uh, in 2020. Obviously, you went nine and one, made it to the quarterfinals of the playoff. Uh, how was last season? Having to deal with the changes, and and then now moving into a fall season. Um, how how did you approach all that uh, that changing dynamic?
2: The spring season was kind of interesting because you've got all your freshmen in there in the fall and they got a whole fall to practice, you know, and get to learn what you do. And you didn't have to feel like you were trying to rush them to learn what to do. So they got a, they got a semester in the weight room, uh, towards the end of fall, we did like a spring practice. Um, so they really got to learn what you do and how you do it and get ingrained in your culture. And then they were prepared once we came back for the spring season. Um, obviously it was tough adapting to all the various COVID, um, restrictions and what you had to do. I mean, nobody really knew or had the answers to what was going on. Um, we just tried to make the best of it in the fall. We had 30 guys test positive. Um, we had multiple guys get quarantined multiple times. Uh, it was very hard on the kids, very tough on them mentally, as much as it was physically. Um, so, but, you know, it helped us prepare, it helped us get ready. Um, And then when the spring season came and COVID kind of calmed down a little bit, uh, you know, the season went great. Um, We had a success, we had a really good football team. Um, We got a lot of those guys coming back this season. So, um, you know, the part that I've been kind of worried about and, and our coaches are, you know, we played 10 games in the spring. They're getting ready to hopefully play 11 games this fall that's 21 games in less than eight months. Um, I'm a little worried just about burnout and just because we coach them hard. We're on them really hard. We, we're pretty tough on them because um, uh, we're trying to prepare them for after football. Um, so we want to, we want to teach them those hard lessons through football every single day. That's kind of our mission here is to, to make them better people than when we received them through the process of football and class and all those things. But um, so it, it it's something that we've thought about as a coaching staff. Um, you know, right now we're battling weather, you know, it's been really hot this last month and we're getting wet, bold left and right and having to change practice times from the afternoon to night. And But it, you know, the kids, the kids were excited to play in the spring. I think they're excited to play this fall. Um, I think we're, we're getting to the point where we need to play a game and really just see where we're at now. <laughs> I don't know if our, we're going to play these guys first but uh, but it's a great way to see truly where where you are as a football team and where we are as a program because um, Kennesaw State I mean it's coach Bohannon does a really good job uh, they're a very very physical football team um, you know from his coordinators I mean I know the staff really well they do a great job recruiting um, they're hard on their boys too and uh, you know gonna be a great environment Saturday night or Saturday night, Thursday Thursday night. It's gonna be a great environment. So, um, I mean, I'm excited to get this thing rolling for sure because we play 11 straight weeks. We have no bye week this season. Wow! So it's it's gonna be tough physically and mentally on our boys. So, but that's what makes football, great. and that's what makes football special is having the ability to make it through those tough moments and see what you can make out of the whole season. So. Just excited to get it going.
0: Well, tell me a little bit about your offensive coordinator, Fred Jones, uh, and and how he came to be part of the program and what his kind of offensive philosophy has been.
2: Sure. Um, Coach Jones and I – so I was the offensive line coach at Clark Atlanta University. We hired him as a GA. Um, I left to come to Reinhardt. Then when I was here a year, our running back job opened. And I told Coach Cronick, I said, Coach, you don't have to – we don't have to interview anybody. I got to run back, Coach. I promise. He's awesome. He came up, interviewed. Coach Cronick was like, Coach, he's great. Let's hire him. We hired him. Um, and then when I became head coach, I was, you know, kind of looking around for offense coordinators. And we, I remember we were at convention. We had interviewed a guy. And we went back to the room. And, and uh, we're sitting there and I said, you know what, man, I'm out here. I'm looking for all these OCs. Why don't you just do it? You know what we want to do. You, you, you can develop your own kind of way you want to do it. And, uh, and why don't, why don't you just call the place? And he was like, all right, let's do it. So he's been already the last four years. Um, he wants to do what I want to do um, to an extent where we, we kind of like the same style uh, he wants to be physical. We want to run the football. Uh, we want to have us to run and try to play action and throw it over top. Um, he's evolved a lot as a play caller himself. I think he has grown as much as a coach in the last four years as anybody, probably more than me or anybody else. Um, he's he's just really uh, developed his own style because when he first took it over, it kind of coach chronic's offense and then the last like two years he's kind of turned it into the Fred Jones offense and uh and the Reinhard offense and, and I, I, he's a great guy he's great with the kids he's he loves on him but he's a father figure to him as well um I couldn't do it without him he's he's a blessing to me he's one of my best friends uh in the whole world so he he does a great job for us for sure. And all, our, you know, all our coaches. Coach Lindemood is right there with him, our offensive staff. I mean, he's he's been with us for five years as well. He's our quarterback's coach. He was a selfless guy that was on defense when I first took over. And and Coach Cronick coached quarterbacks when he left. And I didn't have a quarterback guy. And Fred coaches our running back. So I, I knew uh, Lindemood had done it in the past and asked him to switch. He didn't bat an eye at it. And he's he's grown into you know us three have been together for the last four years so it's kind of it's kind of cool kind of special
0: yeah that's that is a nice chemistry you've got and the the offense is clearly responding uh, at over forty points per game last year um, two hundred and forty one yards on the ground per game one hundred and ninety two yards through the air um, just talk about Billy Hall who runs this offense
2: yeah I thought last season. He went from being a, a good player to being a great player. He made tremendous strides in the passing game. Uh, the game, the way he saw it through his eyes, through his eyes, not through Coach Jones or Coach Lindemood, because our offense is not easy to learn. It's something that takes time, and you, you got to really understand every intricacy and every nuance of it to be really great at it. And I think the game has really, really slowed down from him from that standpoint. He commands the offense now instead of us. And he understands what it's supposed to look like and, and how it's supposed to be run. And him and Coach Jones are on a, on a really uh, on the same wavelength of what they're thinking and what they need to be seeing and what they're looking for. And he he really has taken command of it. And him last year he made he made huge huge strides throwing the football. He's always been a good runner, always been tremendously But last year he he really took another step throwing the ball. But I also think it had to do with us being better on the outside. Um, we have a kid named Navari Solomon that we think is a pretty good football player. Pretty good, uh, yeah. That has really matured the last yeah the last two years. Um, so, um, having a, having a threat on the outside really helped him, uh, who he could count on and go to in tough moments. Uh, but I think overall, we just, we just got better and more cohesive as an offense last year and it really started to click. So I, I was, I was really proud of us and the way we, we, uh, came out last season.
0: Had to be pretty decisive um, when you run your kind of offense or, or Coach Jones kind of offense. Um, uh, just talk about uh, uh, Billy's uh, growth in that area too, because he seems to be he makes really good decisions with the football.
2: Yeah, he, I I just think everything he sees, so the ball is getting out of his hands quicker because he's understanding what, what the routes are, what the timing of it is. Throwing it when the, when the receiver's hips are dropping, not waiting until his eyes get around. All those things he has gotten just light years as a freshman and really as a sophomore. He's just really um, grown up. And, and I, I think people don't understand how important in football, yes, it's physical and yes, it's mental. I tell our kids, your eyes are one of the most important things on the football field. Because when you're not a thinker on the football field, when you're a reactor, that's when you're going to be a great football player. When you're reacting to what you're seeing and not thinking about what you're seeing, that's when you're going to be truly, you're going to start to see strides on the field. And, and I think uh, I think that's what's really helped him is his eyes are seeing things way faster than he used to and, and able to to progress in his progressions, throwing the football a lot faster than he used to.
0: You also have a, uh, a pretty stout running game, and it looks like uh, Isaiah Blake's going to return for you as well as Devin Collins. Uh, just talk about that running back group.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, We really, we have three running backs on the field at one time. Um, now, our two wings, uh, they're kind of like a combination of a receiver and a running back. We are not triple option, though. I don't want – and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I don't want Kennesaw to get pissed off at me. Uh, that's not a bad thing at all because I love what they do, too. But we're, we're more of a power counter, jet sweep, inside zone, outside zone team. We run it out of a wing T formation. But we're more of like a spread wing T. We'll get normal sets, traditional spread sets. We'll do all those things. Uh you know, to uh, try to spread people out and do those things. So our our running backs have to be able to run the power, but they also got to be able to run every, uh you know, every route in the route tree. Um, and then our guys that are in the backfield, who you mentioned, Isaiah and Devin, are more of your traditional running backs. They're going to get the ball a little bit more than everybody else. But they're they're two older guys. They're bigger guys. I think Isaiah is like 190, 195 pounds. And then Devin's probably about, 200, 205, Um, pretty rocked up guys. Isaiah is probably a little more athletic. Um, Devin's probably a little more downhill, hard to tackle. Um, Isaiah will make you miss in space, but they're both, you know, they're both really good players. They're both even better people. Um, They both have stories that are great. Um, You know, Devin, Devin's a transfer guy, went down to Mississippi state uh, as a walk on, didn't really work out, wanted to get closer to home because he's from Pepperell high school and transferred back to us. And he's had a long road to make it to where he is right now. And then Isaiah Blake was a guy that was here. Transferred actually to Kennesaw and then actually transferred back to us. Uh, and uh, has also had a, a long road. He's actually a kid that is back because of COVID. That's the only reason he's playing this year. So um, he's a, uh, he's, he's a remarkable stories are great. They're both good good boys
0: well and they they obviously do a great job on the field but it starts up front with those offensive linemen that's obviously going to be close to your heart just give us a a rundown of your o-line who's returning and and who's uh, some of those players we can watch out for
2: yeah it's been uh it's been a musical chairs a little bit uh this this fall camp we've had some guys get banged up a little bit but um we got some veterans returning i got a uh a I guess he's a fifth year, but he's a guy that came back for his COVID year. Jake Brock, he's our starting center. He's a three-year starter. I think he started over thirty to thirty-five ball games in his career. Um, tremendous kid, the probably the hardest worker on the team, top to bottom. Uh, just a phenomenal guy. He's changed his body. If you looked at his film from the last time we played Kennesaw to where he is now, last time we played him, I think he was two. 75, 280, he's now like 255 and rocked up. Um, so he's he's really come a long way. He's a great kid. Uh, John Kano is another guy that's coming back, uh, a returning starter at left tackle. Uh, very good technician, really knows the offense now, knows how we want to do things, what we're looking for. Um, Sam Hill was our, our left guard last year. We actually moved him to right tackle. He's a bigger guy for us. He's, he's about 6'3", 308. Um, he, he, he was a freshman last year. He was one that that fall season – not fall season, the fall practice season really helped him get ready to be able to start as a true freshman last year. Um, and then our right guard will be Trey Riddick, who's going to be a new starter. He's young. It's going to be moving fast for him out there on Thursday. Um, but he's going to play hard. He's a fighter. Um, he's going to give it everything. His guys from Eagles landing Christian just south of the city. And then our left guard will be, a, a, a veteran guy been around a long time time named Bryce Wilkins. He's been a spot starter for us over the last couple years. Uh, and he's a tough kid from Cartersville. He's not very big, but he's tough and he's physical and he really wants to do well. He's a guy that's student teaching this year while playing football. So you can tell how important football is to him. He student teaches all during the day, he doesn't get to practice till after Indy, and then finds a way to, to get through practice. Uh, I can't thank him enough. He does a great job.
0: All right, let's turn our focus on the defense real quick. Um, only 16.2 uh, points allowed last year. Just a very stout defense, and it begins with your coach uh, Greg Blue. I think this, is this his second season with you guys? First. This is first year. Okay.
2: Coach Blue's been here five years. Coach Blue was our safeties and special teams coordinator. Okay. And then last, this past summer, Coach Williams, who was was our DC, left and Coach Blue um, took over. Okay. And uh, he's, Coach Blue was an all American safety at Georgia. Oh, yeah. Really, 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 really good player. Like, er every. Everybody I go to in Georgia knows who he is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he, he took over our defense, a ferocious hitter when he played, and that's what he wants his guys on defense to be like. Um, and then we were fortunate we were able to hire a guy from Limestone College, uh, Limestone University, named Cliff Matthews, who played at South Carolina, played for the Falcons for a couple years, defensive tackle. He's coaching our D-line. And then Forrest Jack. Jackson is our linebackers, and Mike Pills does our corners. But uh, we've been we've been very successful on defense the last couple of years. Um, we fight like up front, uh, front American last year. Air Force was up here all summer. Uh, really changed his body, got bigger, faster, stronger. And then um, inside, we have another. I hope I pronounced that correctly they're going to kill me if I didn't, but, uh, well, you broke up. Could, our, you, could you say his, his name one more time? <laughs> it's his first name for sure is Hervé. Okay. And then his last name is, uh, Akatosi, I believe. I'm i I'm I'm sure that's right. right. He, <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he actually, uh, migrated from Africa. Oh, great. Uh, right before he went to high school. And he's, he's a great story, man. He's a, the, Probably right there with Jake Brock, hardest workers on the team. Uh, just a tr- tremendous young man. Uh, can't say enough good things about him. He, I would let my kids watch him any day of the week. Wouldn't think twice about it. So, uh, But we got all those guys back. Uh, we got one new starting linebacker named Bryce Atchinson. He's from uh, over in the Augusta area, went to Greenbrier High School. Kenneth Lowry is a returning uh, Will linebacker. He was a starter for us last year. And then our secondary returns intact. We got the horses back. Jacorus Lamar, who's from Kipps Academy in downtown Atlanta. Uh, Keovani Whitlock, who went um, – oh, it's in South Georgia. I take a lot of pride in knowing where every kid on the team is from. Right. Uh, so it's going to make me mad I can't go to school right now. But uh, then um, our other cornerback – Yeah, Whitlock from Perry. He's actually from – Perry, there yeah. you go, Perry, Perry High School. Malik Brown's actually from Miami. And then our other starter safety is Kellen Neal, who played at Buford High School. So we we should have a pretty good defense coming back. We got to really establish some depth. That's where uh, we, we got to really find out who we got behind some of those guys. Um, but I'm excited to see them out there with Coach Blue and, and see the intensity he brings every day. And, and see our defense put that on field.
0: Well, let's go ahead and turn to uh, the game Thursday against Kennesaw State. You saw them just a couple years ago. Um, They're at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Uh, they do run that spread option, triple option to- type offense. Um, what, what kind of things are you putting in place to, uh, to combat that option?
2: Um, you know, it's, it, it's not a stat game. It's an assignment game and you have to do your job every play or it's going to hit its head on the goalpost pretty quick. Um, we got to be able to fight cuts really well. We got to be really good up front uh, establishing the line of scrimmage and not getting knocked back. Um, and then our guys got to rally to the ball really, really hard. Your backside people are just as important as your front side people. Cause if somebody gets cut down, that backside guy's got to get over there to help make a play. Um, so it's 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 uh, you know when I was at UNC Pembroke as a D-line coach we had to play Carson Newman every year and they were running the split back veer. so I got a little you know I we went against it four years in a row I got a pretty good taste of it um, and I just know it's a, it's an offense that you can't worry about how many tackles or how many sacks or how many you know you got to do it your job is if your job's is to tackle the dive you got to to tackle the dive every play If your jobs to tackle the quarterback. You got to tackle them every day, every play. And then if you're on the pitch, you got to make that play because you're kind of the last resort. Um, you know, last year we did a, or last time we played them, we did a good job with the dive. We did a decent job with the quarterback, but that dang pitch killed us. Uh, and they were whacking us left and right cuts all over the field. But, uh, you know, it's like, I, I told our guys on offense, especially my guys up, you know, because I don't think people really understand when you go from level to level, it's not really that the kids are that much different. It's really just the speed of the game just changes. And it's not even that our kids can't play to that speed of the game, but it's just understanding how really fast, how much faster it really is and adapting to it on a, on a quicker level. And I hope that's what we'll have the ability to do this year is wanting out there and fight and know that we're going to hit them in the mouth as hard as we can and then have the ability to adapt to that speed and adapt to, to, to the, you know, it, they, they, are just, you know, a little bit faster and we gotta be, we gotta adapt our speed to their speed and, and, and have the ability to, to stay on that level as long, as long as we have to. And, uh. and I'm hoping that's where we'll grow up a little bit from the last time we played them.
0: Yeah, and I think the, la- the last time he played, Blake Harrell was the defensive coordinator. He is now uh, moved on, and it's Danny Verpale. I assume that you're looking at the spring games to see what kind of uh, defense they're going to be playing. What do, you- what do you expect to see from Kennesaw State on the defensive side?
2: Fast and physical, and they're all over the place. They line up in every- a bunch of different fronts. Uh, they're going to blitz you a lot. They can really, really run uh, super athletic up front. Um, I don't really know the names, but I know number 96 is about as fast and athletic as I've seen in a three technique, probably since I was at Virginia tech, uh, 74 is their nose guard. He's super stout in the middle. Um, does a really good job holding the point. Um, uh, their linebacker number 49 is a big old sucker. Um, that will really come downhill and smack you. Uh, so, and then they're, they're secondary, you know, they're going to play, they're going to play all different types of coverage and we got to be ready to adjust, uh, to whatever they're playing. And, um, but they're just really, really fast. They try to throw a bunch of looks. They're going to move a lot and pre-snap. They're not going to just line up and stay still. You know, when I, when I was playing Miami, when I was playing their, their, uh, their 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 uh, scouting report was about two pieces of paper because they just had better dudes than you had, and they didn't care what you had. They were going to line up and hit you. Uh, this one's a little bit different because they just do a lot of stuff, man. They do a lot of stuff, and it's hard to prepare for with how much stuff they do. Um, so it's really about knowing your rules, knowing your assignments, and then executing those assignments when called upon. And uh, that's really what it comes down to is execution. Um, I thought we we didn't. We definitely didn't play well offensively in the run game when we played them last time. I thought we did some decent stuff throwing the football at times. Um, But again, it was, it's us adjusting to the speed of the game. We got to adjust to that quicker because it's going to be a shock to them. uh, Even though we've already played them once, Uh, we just got to adjust to the speed of the game faster. Whatever you think is fast is, it's going to be faster than what you think. And I, and I think our kids are going to do it. Our kids are really excited to play. They're excited to get out there and, and, and show everybody what we, what we got. So we'll see what happens.
0: I think everybody is just waiting for that first game, that fall game, just to kind of feel the, some normalcy and and things. Do you have a ritual? Do you do anything uh, looking forward to this first game or or just any game uh, uh, pregame, whether it be meals or meeting with family or coaches or what's just kind of your pregame ritual?
2: Nah, I don't know if I have any pregame rituals. I was not a very superstitious guy when i played i mean the only thing i don't do i don't look in the mirror ever on game day so like when i played i never wanted to see what i looked like i didn't want to look at myself in the mirror because i didn't want it to be about me i always wanted to be about the team and uh so i never look at, i still don't do it to this day uh, i won't look in the mirror ever so i my hair may be me messed up i wouldn't know but uh i don't look in the mirror far, for like, different
0: reasons <laughs> yeah
2: yeah uh That's probably the only thing I do, Um, you know, uh, make sure I call my wife before the game. I always want to talk to her. Now I got three boys, so I'll probably talk to them. I really, I wanted to bring my five-year-old, but I think eight o'clock starts a little bit late.
0: So Uh, it's it's Keegan, Deacon, and you have a new son?
2: Yes, sir. Stetson. All right. He's uh, he's six months.
0: Oh, congratulations, coach. That's outstanding. Outstanding. Appreciate it. Yes. Yes,
2: We're very blessed.
0: Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm, I really appreciate you and, and uh, Mike Devander, who, Devader who set this up for us. And uh, you taking some time out here, game week. I know it's uh, it's always busy, and I really do appreciate the insight. Uh, we look forward to seeing you out there, and best of luck as the season continues.
2: Hey, are you a Tampa fan?
0: Yeah, I was born in Tampa, so my dad was uh, military. So we gotcha. were, were, were McDill. And uh, diehard Bucks fan from 1974, man, I, I, uh, 76 that actually. Super won.
2: Bowl was big time.
0: It was big time. It, you know what? And, oh. and I've I've said this to a bunch of people. It just doesn't seem real. Tom Brady seems like he's on loan. He's a Patriot. He's not a Buccaneer. And he's just on loan. But I'll take it. It's been yeah, a you'll tough say, ride.
2: You'll I'm a big <laughs> Dolphins fan, so so I just I recognize the colors though. For
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. I love the old the old logo. Oh, yeah. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. I, I I'm glad the NFL's gone back to gonna be allowing the the teams to wear the throwbacks because I love that that Florida orange.
2: No, the old dolphin uniforms are the best. I agree. Uh, hey, we appreciate you guys and thank you for taking interest in us. And uh, you know, I just wish everybody the best and everybody stay safe out there and uh, you know, continue uh blessings forever. Yeah.
0: Well, it's always number one: the player safety, the, the staff safety, and I think everyone's. I think the NCAA and the NAIA has done a great job to get that spring season um, in and past. And now we just worry about the fatigue that some of these players are going to have to suffer. But we won't see, we won't know until you know probably November, December, and and see what the grind's like. But look, Coach.
2: Yeah, I've actually talked a little bit about. I don't know what we're going to do in the spring. Maybe not do anything because mm. you just need they need some time yeah it's a lot on their bodies yeah
0: i hear i hear a lot of people say well they're 18 19 year old they can hand i don't know man that's i, I giving giving 100 percent every play for you know 10 11 games is a lot 21 over a short amount of times extremely a lot yeah so,
2: 21 and if you make if you go for a run it could be 25
0: yeah yeah so it's gonna be tough well look best of luck to you your family sure. your coaching staff your players and we look forward to seeing you thursday night
2: All right. Thank you. All right. Head
0: coach James Miller, the Ryan Hart University. Really appreciate you taking the time out as we... Preview Kennesaw State and Reinhardt. Look, I think this is going to be an interesting game for Kennesaw State as they have coming off the spring season, the four and one record, and you know they're replacing some parts. They've got some new players, some new transfers that are expected to play. Their offensive line, my understanding, is a little bit banged up, and they're going to be watching. Uh, they're going to be watching the quarterback position, Jonathan Murphy and Xavier Shepard, to see who's going to st- step up and stand out and be the starting quarterback as the season progressive. It will be Jonathan Murphy to start off, but I think Xavier Shepard's going to get his opportunities, and we'll see who manages the game better. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in for week one of college football. It's the McCrary Broadcasting Podcast. As we say goodbye. And we appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much for Barkley Miller joining us and head coach James Miller as we will look forward to Kennesaw State and Reinhardt on Thursday night. Go Owls, go Owls, go Owls. Next week we'll preview Kennesaw State and Georgia Tech. So, so long, everybody, for the McCrary Broadcasting Podcast.